Opening day at the vault, 1914 win. Sam already looks better than Teddy. <laughs> the defense has matured. What more can we ask for? Guys, how you feeling after the day? Hey, man, this is a beautiful day here in Charlotte, North Carolina, man. Panthers win, Falcons lose, Cowboys lose Thursday. I don't know what's more. I don't know if I could ask much more on this beautiful Sunday, man. Yeah, I mean, this is the first opening day win in a while for us. Uh, it was good. It was, it was good. I'm, I don't have to throw my jersey on the floor in disgust. <laughs> hey, man, look. Hey, hey, somebody said they might have to get a, a number 14 jersey. Is, is this true? Hey, you know, I'm, I'm just saying. It, it, we, we got a lot to talk about as far as that that is concerned, but. Um, of of the issues the Panthers had today, Sam Darnold wasn't one of them at all. Gotcha. Yeah, because right, you know, I, I don't think I heard you mention getting a Teddy Bridgewater jersey last season, man. So this no, is that was, that was never gonna happen. So week one is quite a change already, man. <laughs> all right, guys, man, look, I, I'm I'm gonna just start out. Shaq Thompson, a sack, ten tackles, interception. Interception, Hassan Reddick, a sack and a half. Derrick Brown murdered that quarterback. <laughs> Killed him. <laughs> Brian Burns, a sack. Marquise, Marquise Hayes, a sack. Davion Nixon, half a sack. Six total sacks. Guys, what was your impression of the defense today? I want to start out by talking specifically about this number seven guy. I, I, I don't know if, if the power was in changing the number the whole time. But if that was the case, man, go ahead and just put that jersey up in the rafters right now, man. I, I want to issue a public apology to Shaq Thompson. And here's why. A couple of weeks on this show, I kind of sort of questioned whether or not Shaq could be a leader on this team. Let me just go ahead and shut up right now and issue my apology. The answer is a resounding yes. I know it is week one, and people are going to say, well, it's the Jets in this week one. Nah, I'm sorry. I'm already giving this guy the props that he deserves. But I have never seen Zach Thompson play like this in a Panthers uniform, ever. And, and I, I, I challenge somebody to give me a better game Shaq Thompson has ever played. But your question was in terms of the defensive line, man, um, they were dominant. They were absolutely dominant. I mean, there, there's nothing else, no other adjective to really, uh, you know, to, to describe them, man. You you already went over the stats, man. Uh I have to give some props to Zach Wilson. I think that young man is going to be all right because you have to think yeah. about it. His yeah. first game in the NFL, he comes in and he faces, you know, at least for week one, this type of defense. He was pretty poised. If you if, if we're really thinking about it, man, he was pretty poised and he was under pressure a lot, man. They made some second half adjustments, man, and he kept that poise. He was cool under pressure, man. So I really want to give uh, Zach Wilson some props, man. But our defense was just – on this game and let me pat myself on the back because I also said in the preseason, don't be surprised if this defense is pretty good this year. So week one, I look good so far. I want to give a caveat. Last year it took until week three to get a sack. Jesus, and, man. And, wow. and, and, and we had six today. Man. Bro. I feel like the players outplayed the, their coordinators on both sides of the ball. Mm. And by that, I mean. Ooh, that big statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bill Smith's play calling wasn't anything special. He did some. He, I felt like, especially the cover two on fourth and eight in the fourth well, quarter. You know, I, that was 
because you know, fourth and eight, you know that they're gonna throw, obviously. Um, and but at the same time, you want to bring pressure. So you know, it, it's it, it's hard to you, you got to give up something somewhere. You know, right. and, and Zach Wilson has shown during the game with time to throw that he might be able to make the throw. And and I, I felt like going for pressure was the thing. You know, we gambled and we lost. And that whole drive, that whole touchdown drive, I felt like uh, Phil Snow felt like he got burned on that play, so he stopped being aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like no, you you keep <laughs> you keep sending guys after Zach Wilson, and then the net the very next blitz that they ran. They got a sack. Now, they ended up scoring on that drive, but I felt like, you know, also smart fake injury by Dante Jackson. That mother, he wasn't injured. He was not injured at all. (laughs) He got first injured to get a a team timeout, you know, because the only penalty is that, you know, uh, you don't even lose your timeout. The player just comes off the field for it, has to come off the field for a play. Um, End up being a moot point, but uh, I, I feel like Phil Snow. You know, he was called an aggressive game plan, but once the Jets adjusted on, on their first touchdown drive, they started calling Max Protect. They were double-teaming right. Burns. Uh, they were double-teaming Derek Brown and daring everyone else on the line to get to Zach Wilson and then flushing him outright using ha- his athleticism, and they ended up scoring a touchdown because right. of that. Right. And then the Panthers never adjusted. It's like – Speaking speaking of that, Kaiser, because as as it was kind of going down here the second half, I start I start having Ron Rivera's flashbacks, man. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, dude. I was just like, here we go again, man. And, and I wanted to give props to, to you know first year head coach Robert Salah, man. Um, he made the adjustments. It doesn't look like we made a lot of adjustments until maybe the fourth quarter. But I mean, they had all the momentum, man. And and, and just to kind of speak on your point. I just wonder how much of that is going to be a factor going forward, you know, meaning if they're doubling Burns and Reddick all the time, like, you know, is that going to be an issue for us going forward? So it's just a concern I have. Yeah, I I think that they've got to, you know, it's first game of the season. And with the way the preseason was, you know, we didn't play a lot of the starters a lot of the time. Um, It's going to take some time for them to, to learn, but uh, Chris Rogers said it best in chat. I think the team is too talented for the coordinators, maybe for, for Phil Snow. Joe Brady, I don't think the team is too talented for him. I think, though, he's got to like trick plays, you know, in the red zone. Dude, that's don't that's, do that. That's you, got, you, you, you give the ball to McCaffrey four straight times and then you run a trick play and turn it up. Come on, man. There, there was oh, a play. What are you doing? What are you doing? There, there, there was a play. There was a play in the first half that was specifically designed for Terrace Marshall. If you remember, Terrace Marshall was going in motion, and yeah. when he motioned back out to the flat, you could tell it was specifically designed to go to him. But what you didn't see was Robbie Anderson was wide open on a slant route going into mm-hmm. the end zone. So that's an example of how Darnold and Brady they've got to get on the same page, man. Now we're we're all, now look, man, we're all kind of getting on Joe Brady today, man. But at the same time, man, he's got to – him and him and Darnold have to have an understanding as far as what they really want to accomplish in the red zone, man. Gotcha, gotcha. Guys, so let me ask you a question. So what were your thoughts on the offense today, specifically first half versus second half? They took their foot off the gas in the second half. I'm not going to – you know, Tiki Barber wanted us to think the Jets – Have we not seen this before? Yeah, this revelation um defense. It was just – I mean, they, they – Weren't like, for instance, the Panthers were very aggressive on offense 
you know, uh, they ran the two-minute drill to close the half out and scored a, a touchdown. That's something that we might not have seen uh, in the past. Yeah, they, they use CMC a lot, but I think this game you have to. You didn't play him at all the preseason. He didn't play, uh, you know, all last season except for the first three games of the season. This is the game in which you knock that rust off. If you were Jets, yeah, right, right. You know, if, if we're playing Tampa or New England, defenses like that, that's different. But this is, you know, the Jets. They have seven rookies starting on their defense. You run McCaffrey into the ground against these guys. And they did that in the first half. And then it was like, okay, we're up 16-0. Uh, you know, let's – you know, let's dial it back some. And that let the Jets get back into the game. Um, but having said that, I felt like, uh, you know, besides the miscues, besides the, the turnover and the trick plays and a really, really terrible holding call, man, that was such a bad call on the first drive. Um, you know, the Panthers would have been up 21 nothing if not right. for those miscues. Right. Uh, right. So, this this is the game where you want to have those miscues against the Jets. You know, this is probably the easiest game on this on the entire schedule. This is a chance you can go into the film room after look at those mistakes, and you don't want to have them when you play Tampa or New England in Week Nine or whenever. Uh, you get those things ironed out with these these easy games. Yeah, uh, to to add to Kaz's point, man, I'm trying to say I'm trying to say this without sounding too insulting to the Jets, but this is kind of like. A, a preseason extension. This is yeah. this is like the fourth yeah. game of preseason. And, so, 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 so you said it's like Florida State playing Jacksonville State. Or? You know what? I, I, you know, don't don't let me log off this thing early today, man. I'm, I'm not doing this today, man. Anyway, um, but to, to add to Kaz's point, man, as far you know, my observations for the first, first half, I just like the way that Darnold was throwing the ball down the yeah. field. And I think it with that specifically, we 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 changed that because there was a lot of screen plays in the second half. There was a lot of conservative play calling in the second half. And I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but again, I was having Ron Rivera flashbacks. It's like we we start playing tight when we get a lead. And I think I'm sorry, man, but to Kyle's point, if you have you're playing against a team with seven rookies on the defense, man, you keep your foot on the gas. You, you know, you 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 keep throwing the ball down the field. You keep doing the things that got you the 16-0 lead in the, in the second half, man. And I don't think we did that. We got really conservative. Can I ask you guys a question? So in my observation, it seemed like the Jets were kind of blitzing a little more in the second half, uh, getting after Darnold a little bit more. Do you guys think that's a, a, a red flag for the offensive line or it's just the play calling? Or a mixture of both? I think it's a mixture of both um, because, you know, we have a very young offensive line and they're they're going to have to to figure out, you know, the the schemes against those type of blitzes that not just the Jets, but teams are going to run all season. You get what I'm saying? And uh, again, this is another another way that Brady <clears throat> that um that 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 I'm sorry, that uh, Brady is going to have to kind of figure out with Donald exactly what reads, you know what I mean, what plays we're going to run against these, I don't want to say exotic blitzes because I don't think the Jets are doing anything super exotic, but you will see some exotic blitz pass packages going forward, and that's something they're going to have to tighten up and figure out, man. Yeah, plus, you know, it's the first game of the season. Joe Brady ain't going to open up the full playbook uh, yet. So, uh you know, the offensive line we knew is, is going to be a problem. You know, everyone knew it was going to be the weak spot on the offense. It was last season. Uh, to give Teddy Bridgewater some credit, you know, the offensive line wasn't absolutely terrible. 
Having said that, though, Sam Darnold did something uh, that I don't—I wasn't expecting to do. He knew he was going to take hits, and he took them. He stepped into the pocket and he mm-hmm. made. Maybe he had enough practice in New York. Take <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "I take 10, 10 a game in New York." Exactly. So, I, 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 I mean, he, four or five here. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't afraid to take the hit and and go downfield. So I don't know if 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 the strategy of okay, let's just send a bunch of guys at, at Carolina is going to work because Terrence Marshall looks really good. Um, you know, Robbie Anderson, you cannot let him blow the top open. Defense is going to watch that film and be like, oh, no, no, no. That's not going to happen to us. With, with that being said, I I don't think we took advantage of that enough. No, no, I don't no, think no. we took advantage of their aggressiveness. I, I I don't think there there should have been more chunk plays when they're sending all these guys at Darnold. And you know, again, week one, you got to tighten that stuff up. You know, the offensive line hasn't even learned all the blocking schemes or what have you yet. But I just kind of feel like we should have they as aggressive as they were in the second half. We could have took a little bit more advantage of that, man. I, I, yeah. I fully agree with that. I fully agree with that. Look, man, I got a question. What grade would you give coaching today? I, I feel like you got to break the game. We won the game. The objective if, is if you want to give the coaching overall in all the phases a grade, I'd say C+. Plus. Uh, if you break it down, I'd give Matt Rule uh, – I'd give him an A. I felt like he he you know good time management, good timeout management. We didn't say the, the mistakes that he was making last season. He decided to be really aggressive at the end of the half. Uh, went for it on fourth down uh, at some point. All that that may have come down to the kicker sucking balls, but uh, <laughs> you know I, I, I felt like Rule called a good game. Joe Brady, we, you know we just talked about that. Uh, I think he was trying to call a conservative scripted game because it was week one uh, and he knows that there's not a lot of rapport between the receivers quarterback o-line running backs uh, I felt like Phil snow uh, got kind of bailed out by how talented the defense is um, late in the game like we said that no huddle situation I mean I know it's no huddle and no huddle is gonna be tough for for any team but you have to make an adjustment there you just can't let a rookie quarterback march his team down the field in the last five minutes of a game that you've been dominating defensively and then give his team a chance to win. If they had gotten the ball back, you know, then now they got a chance to win the game. You, you can't allow that as a, as a defensive coordinator. Um, special teams, we need some work there. There got to be some – some some work. Uh, well, I mean, come on, man. That's like a a, a decade long thing. Yeah, with, uh, I, I, yeah. Felt, I feel like Erickson did a good job returning kicks. Um, you know, I, I, I will I will say I don't like the juggling they were doing with kick and punt returns early in the game. Like, just stick to Erickson and let that be that. Man. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to be more back there sometime. Nah, man, just stick to one guy. <laughs> the kicker situation made it. You know, mixing an extra point. One point mm-hmm. makes all the difference in your game plan. I mean, that's the difference between the Jets going for for two late in the game or deciding to kick an extra point right. uh, late in the game. So, you know, we talked about this two weeks ago. If you're kicker, if you don't have a good kicker in the NFL, you're not going to win. You will not win. I don't care how talented the other two phases of your game are. Uh, you got to have a good kicking team. So the Panthers need to work. Need to work that out. So I give Snow, Brady, C's. 
I give Matt Rule. I give him an eight. Uh, I'm generous. Oh, well, yeah, you, you are generous today, man. Uh, Matt Rule, man. <laughs> Uh, rule, I, I, rule. I'll give a, I'll give a solid B. Um, Brady, I'm giving a C minus. Uh, Snow, I'm probably giving a solid C, man. Um, I think together they all get a C, and that is reflective of the score and the team that we played. Um, with Phil Snow, man, <laughs> it's it's like one one play really knocked down his grade for me, man. I it, somebody's gonna have to pay me to understand the cover two on the fourth or eight, man. In the four, I just some I I have Charles Kelly Florida State flashbacks when I saw that today, man. Um, other than that, man, I thought the first half he called a he called a great game. You know what I mean? I I, I like the aggression. Shut up, right? <laughs> I like I like I like Phil Snow's aggression in the first half, man. I I thought that is exactly what you do to a rookie quarterback. You put heat on him. Um, you know, I, I alluded that how how fast this defense looked looked in uh, in the preseason. You continue that momentum, especially against a rookie uh, quarterback, which he did. You know what I mean? I, I love the blitz packages he was in. I love the fact that uh, he had Shaq Thompson in coverage. Um, so everything looked great in the first half, but the second half, I just don't think he made the proper adjustments. And that was kind of indicative of not just him, but the entire coaching staff in the second half, man. But it's a solid C because at the end of the day, a W is all that matters. And sometimes you have to give the other team credit. Again, I will give Salah a lot of credit for this for their performance in these in these you know this very the, the youngest team in the NFL at least competing with us today, man. So. Gotcha. So offensive, defensive MVPs for today. Uh, Shaq. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go Shaq Thompson. I mean, incredible numbers. Impacted the game. Had had an interception. Almost had another. He looked a lot like I'm not gonna say his name because I'm not gonna put that that put that juju on him like that. But uh he looked a lot like that guy. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Dante, man. Dante is has impact late in the game. Tackles. He had I agree. good plays uh late in the game. And and, and, and he had the game saving uh cramp. Um, yeah, here's my question. I got here's my question. He hopped real fast after the <laughs> came over. He hey, hey, hey Kyle, how, how do you have a cramp and run that fast to the sideline? That's my question. <laughs> Even Kiki Barber's like, I guess, I guess, you know, he had a cramp. I guess possibly didn't see more cramps. Yeah, because he that's not a real injury. That's not a real injury, buddy. Smart <laughs> and, and, and then. And then my question about Dante Jackson is when did he start hitting? Like this dude was like laying wood today, man. A little bit of wood. I'm like, what's yeah. That? I mean, god dang, yeah. It was, uh, yeah. And I, I, I'm gonna tell you, man, a very not. I'm not gonna say unsung. That's kind of a really stupid way to describe this, man. But Brian Burns' numbers probably won't jump out at people today. But that dude was Brandon. in Wilson's face so all day, man. So disruptive. He only had only had one sack, but right. you know, if, if he doesn't get juked out of his shoes by Zach Wilson, and to be fair, <laughs> not every quarterback in the NFL is going to be able to do that with Brian Burns in their face. Zach Wilson, you right. know, he's an athletic guy. He made a, a, a good play, but I mean, he was in the backfield damn near every Literally play. Every play. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he made that kid live hell in the first, especially in the first half. Yeah, yeah. You could tell oh. Zach Wilson was not comfortable in, in the Jets. This is one thing you love to see. They made a conscious effort to game plan Brian Burns out of the picture late in the game. They were throwing three right. guys right. at Brian Burns. Uh, you, you love to see that.
Man, interesting stat, man. Dante Jackson was second in tackles today. I don't know if I want to see that going forward, but just an interesting <laughs> Shaq Thompson 10, Dante Jackson 6, man. But any, but then again, the tackles are kind of spread all over the place. So also, that's I, want, I want to give some, some credit to Jermaine Carter. He he was he was everywhere around yeah. the field as well. Yeah. And, and they throw me off with the damn number seven and number four today. <laughs> Changed right. change the numbers at the last minute. Actually, I think the uh, the tackles, you know, the Panthers ran a lot of zone today because they knew that Zach Wilson could get out and scramble. You know, if you're running man, you don't want that because, you know, a receiver is not going to be covered all day. You know, you got a quarterback that can make time for himself. The guys are going to get open if you're in man coverage or if you're man coverage. You know, once the DBs turn their back to go cover, quarterback take off up the field. So, you know, Panthers ran a lot of zone today, and that's probably – why we saw the cover two blitz on fourth and eight. They just didn't want to chance Wilson, who had at that point had been escaping sacks and getting outside the pocket uh, to do something like that. But I, I guess my rebuttal to that is don't you trust your front four that has been getting pressure all game? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, well, but you know, teams that get, they, you know, I'll say this: the Jets made a, did a very good job of game planning against that pressure late in the game. That's why they were able to yeah, come back. They, they were gave, gave, they gave Wilson just enough time for him to make these, you know, really good throws. And then when the play broke down, he was able to like you know scramble and do right, you know, right, what he right. does. Um, so uh, I, I don't know if we'll see that. I, I will say I would like to see the Panthers take more risks on man-to-man coverage. Uh, I I want to see J.C. Horn, you know. Yeah, yeah. This ain't this ain't the time to do it. But later in the season, we know that Dante Jackson, when he's healthy, he's pretty he can keep up with anybody. Yeah. So um, I I don't want to see the Panthers get like shoehorned into running this this zone defense because as good as the defense is, they're not like the Legion of Boom was. You know, Seattle ran cover three, base cover three. For like right. five years, and they didn't run nothing else because they had the personnel to do that. We're not quite there yet, so right. And, and no, to add to that point, man, I, as long as we've been doing this show, and as long as I've been the Panthers fan, I've always said how much I've hated our bending, bend but don't break philosophy, man. I don't know how much or if that's going to change this season, but I just kind of think with the with the personnel that we have this year, man. You can kind of trust him a little more to kind of play a little bit more man, to, to bring a little bit more heat. We'll see how it works out, man. But I just kind of think the personnel kind of implicates that we can trust him a little more to not play so soft, man. Right. Guys, guys, guys. So this offseason, I've heard a lot of stuff. <laughs> Get him, Rodney. Get him. <laughs> so um, I heard that. Uh, Come to smoke. I heard that other running backs were better. Uh, it was a flash in the pan, a thousand, a thousand. Uh, <laughs> the Panthers' offense won't be that good. Oh, uh, he, he's 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 not gonna perform like he did before. Today, this man had 187 total yards, 98 yards rushing, the game saving first down, and a hundred and 89 yards receiving. Tell me how great CMC is. And I just don't get the disrespect to CMC all year, I, I, all offseason. I don't get it. There have been few weapons. That's a word I, you can use for very few people. And I consider in the NFL a weapon to be someone who is versatile and multi-talented. There have been few, very few like CMC in the history of the, in the history of the league. 
I mean, I think right. we can say that now. He's what in his fourth season. Yeah, we can say that now. Uh, he's you're gonna get a thousand, a thousand, or close to it out of this guy when he's healthy. I mean, the only reason he didn't put up good numbers last season is because he he got hurt. And, he didn't even play two full games. Like yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Um, I I think the only real knock you could make on CMC is that uh, you know th- there were some situations last season in which you know the, the three games that he did play in in the season prior, you know, where he couldn't get you that one yard. That one yard, yeah. And I think that's just because he's he's actually that good to where teams are like, okay, you want one yard, you can have it. But that dude over there is not going to be the one to get. When CMC right. was failing to get that one yard, dude, it was like all 11 players were keyed in on this one guy. Um, I don't think we'll have that problem this season. And it, it's it's amazing to me how the Panthers could be kind of lagging on offense. You give the ball to CMC three or four times in a row, and then suddenly like we're in the red zone. It's like it, it's not a coincidence. It's not a fluke. Um, he's going to have a lot to prove this season. The, the offense, I think, is more talented uh, than they've ever been. I think once they gel, um, if CMC stays healthy, the Panthers are going to be a good team. I'm, I, you know, I picked them to go nine and eight. I might have to revise that some because I wasn't expecting the defense to be like as good as now. We'll see. It, it is the Jets week one. We'll see. But uh, yeah, CMC is still that guy. So when Chris McCaffrey originally got drafted, I was roasted because I called him the white LaDainian Thompson. I called him the white Marshall Falk. And I was raked over the coals. I said, people told me, man, slow down. This dude is not going to be all that. He can't run between the tackles. That was everybody's oh, favorite yeah, saying. I, remember yeah, that? I remember yeah. hearing that on the radio. Oh, remember, he can't run between the tackles. Like, okay. he, he can't run between the tackles. And then the guy puts on uh, 80 pounds of muscle and he starts running between the tackles. Well, you know, he can't get you that extra yard. Are you? Well, you know, if you're, if you're in the end zone, you can't get you the extra yard. And then this season, he proved, you know, last season proved he can do that, man. So where where else is there to go with Chris McCaffrey as far as the hate is concerned? I, there's nowhere for his naysayers, detractors, haters. There's literally nowhere for them to go. This, if you get, listen, let me, let me, let me say this for people who don't understand. There are not too many people in the history of the NFL who have a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving in, in, in any season. There's just, I, I, Probably what four or five players ever right. to really do that. How how do you discredit that? How 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 do you discredit someone doing that on a team? Let's be and let's be honest, man. Who didn't have much of a threat aside from him last season or the season that he actually accomplished that? So I don't understand the detractors and haters, and they really they just don't have anywhere to go, man. So with that it's, being it's said. With a one, 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 more th- one more thing. So with that being said, just get his jacket ready for Canton because that's the trajectory of his career. Be mad if you want to. Say I'm overreacting. I don't care. That's where he's going. That's it. Hey, man, look, he better be in Canton. All that money we paid him. I, man, that's Canton money, right? <laughs> and as long as he stays healthy, which, you know, for NFL running backs, you know, the average career of an NFL running back is less than three seasons. And I think whenever you have an injury like CMC had, in which it was a injury that really took him out the whole season. He could have come back and played, but I think the Panthers were very smart to say, you know what, just essentially take the year off. Um, I think when you have that kind of injury, 
then people are very, very quick to call on your demise because they don't think you'll ever be. Kind of like, like the guy that plays for Hornets. Kind of like that guy. Who's that? Sorry. <laughs> Gordon Hayward. Oh, good. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, guys. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. Uh, also, uh, Funko, who makes uh, pop figures, they just released their Christian McCaffrey pop figure uh, before the season started, and it's already sold out. So, if you got one, you'd like to sell to me so I can add it to my Luke Keekley, Cam Newton, uh, Greg Olson ones, and uh, let me know. There you go. <laughs> I'm getting my Sam Donald jersey soon, by the way. I'm just going to add a four to my Cam Newton. <laughs> Get a four right there. Get some tape. And, and, and then white out the back of the name. There you go. Uh, I, can't, I can't disrespect Cam like that. The, the, the rest of the league has. I'm, right. I'm, I'm going to give Cam his props. Guys, so who's the offensive MVP? You mean defensive MVP? Oh no, you did say defense. I'm sorry. Uh, CMC. CMC. Yeah. I am all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Look, look, I'm going left. All right. Besides DJ Moore. Let's, I'm DJ Moore. He's the obvious choice. Let's leave him out. But I'm gonna say Sam Darnold. I'm gonna say DJ yeah. Moore. I'm also gonna go Sam Darnold if we're not talking CMC. Yeah. I and most importantly, like we've already kind of talked about, man. I was just I was just very impressed with Darnold's pocket presence today because that's been would, the knock I on him. I would say DJ, but he did he did a rookie thing in the game that made me mad. Uh, it was the third down. Darnold was under a lot of pressure. I didn't let the ball go quick. Uh, it was a check down to Moore, which would have got the first down. He right. His and he turned, he turned his, his head. head. Come on, man. This is year yeah. four. <laughs> yeah. we, don't, we don't do that uh, anymore. You make the catch. You go down and you get the first down. And then your quarterback will reward you with the, that, you know, I mean, that's just a lapse. Plus, there was a, a safety coming down the pipe at him. Probably caught his eye. He wanted to make sure he didn't take the hit. I get it. But Sam Darnold is is my – that was a much better debut from Sam Darnold than I was expecting. I was thinking, like, maybe two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, close, uh, close, right? Game. Plus, running it in for a touchdown. Come on, if, if anyone predicted that, you're a liar. You are a liar. Right, look, man, miracles happen when there's creative play calling behind uh, red zone touchdowns. That's true, yeah. Uh, Panthers had three red zone trips, scored on two of them. Eh. Look, yeah. it's an improvement of last year. Last year, the red zone was, was beating up on the offensive coordinator. This year, he's trying to, he's trying to catch up and get even. So guys, next week we have the Saints, who are who is now playing against uh, Green Bay and up ten nothing. So how do you think this game is going to go next week? Oh man, um, that is going to be a tough game, man. Um, it is always a question mark as far as which Jameis Winston you're going to get going back to his Tampa Bay days, man. Um, I think the, the Saints are still pretty stout defensively, but I don't think they're. <laughs> I know this is probably going to sound crazy to a lot of people. I don't think they're a lot different than what we saw today defensively. Let me let me be very clear about that. Uh, with that being said, man, I think it's going to be a very, very tough game, man. Um, I'm probably going to slate this one as an L for now, and I'm just going to hope I'm wrong. I'll put it like that. Score prediction, I'm going to say 28-17. What you say, Kaiser? Uh, I actually, I'm going to pick the Panthers to win only because we're playing at home. 
if we're playing in the uh, Superdome, then maybe a little different. I don't think the Saints are as bad as people think that they will be without. Um, I, t- I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, but in their their wide receivers, he's out for at least like two yeah. Well, I, I think I think right now within slant guy, slant guy. week two, I'd say that the Saints and the Panthers are at worst, you know, even. Um, if this was later in the season, I think you can make a, a better prediction, obviously. But um, I, I think it's it's close, and because the Panthers are playing at home, that might get that will give them uh, a, a slight edge. Especially, I, I do think the defense is going to make things hell for Jameis Winston, and I don't know if he'd be able to to handle that amount of pressure like Drew Brees would have. Drew Brees used to have trouble. Against the Panthers, and I know it doesn't. Se- I know it doesn't seem like it because he used to put up these dumb numbers. But he was good for at least two or three picks every game against us. And, and, and look, especially when they played here. Let yeah, me let's exactly. let's be clear. Especially when they played played in, in Bank of America Stadium. So you know the, the coaching staff in New Orleans hasn't changed. Just the, the, the quarterbacks have. And uh, Jameis Winston has had some decent games against uh, Carolina, uh, but I I think he's going to have some trouble. Next week, and look, look, I, I, I'm going to slightly redact my my prediction just a bit because here's here's something I think is going to be very key next week. James Winston has always had problems with, you know, ball turning the ball over or, or, or lack of ball control or what have you. I think if we're able to get the kind of pressure on Winston that we did with Wilson today, I think we could be successful doing that. I think that's going to be key as far as how much heat we put on Winston next week. So that's just yeah, a little yeah, caveat. Look, 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 James got, James got his, 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 his eyes fixed, man. He, he's, he's one of the yeah. yeah, he didn't get his, he didn't get his brain fixed though. So, Hey man, you got to stop doing that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That was, was that bad? Sorry. That was bad, man. That was bad. Sorry. Like, that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But now, <laughs> next week, man, I, I fully expect. I expect a close one. Panthers win, twenty-one twenty-four last second field goal. Y'all are really optimistic this week, man. Look at y'all, man. No, no, no. look, look, if, man. If I, Drew Brees was still Drew Brees, still played, then I would. I think mean, great point. I mean, I, I can't, I, I can't disagree there. I think you know, I just, I, I don't think the Saints are. That much better than the Panthers if they're better at all. I don't. I don't think they're better at all. Like I said, at this point in the season. But see, see this is my thing, man. Like, I think the Saints' defensive line has the potential to beat up our offensive line. And we, we Cameron Jordan owns us. You already know that guy who likes to eat against us, right? Uh, but we got Chris McCaffrey's back. Chris McCaffrey, oh man. He keeps defenses honest. They they're not going to be able to just tee off. Tee off. Right, right. They they, uh, they can't just they can't right. just rush the quarterback now. Yeah, right, they, right. Exactly. They 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 can't because this guy, if you leave him in the flat open, you're going to give up yards. So the, the Saints are going to be wary of uh, of that. I I think. Plus, like Sam Darnold did not seem bothered by the Jets' pressure at all today. He really didn't. Not not yeah. Not every play went the way we would have liked it to. But he stepped up and made the throws that he was supposed to make. I didn't see – you know, the, the commentators kept saying, Sam Darnold's got a happy feet. No, shut up. Um, I didn't see that. I didn't see a lot of Sam Darnold like, oh, my God, I got – there's – you know, the pocket's collapsing. He stepped up. He made his throw. 
I think we'll see that against the Saints. Whether that's enough to win is another question. That's why I'm saying, you know, they're because we're at home. I'm getting the benefit. And, and look, I know we got to move on from the Panthers, but but one more thing, man. Again, man, I, I maybe I'm in the minority, but I'm going to give the Jets a little more credit than people are. Their front four is not bad, man. Quentin Williams is a bad dude, man, and and not the the name escapes me. But another guy who who had a couple of sacks for them was looked pretty good too, man. So I don't think the Jets' front four is is bad at all. So considering that that we won the game against that front four and we looked pretty good for the most part, man. I think it might it may bode well for us next week. Okay, I mean, look, we'll see. We, we, we never did this, but season prediction on the record. Mm. I said <laughs> nine and eight earlier. Uh, I'm gonna stick with that. I want eight and nine. Well, I actually initially said seven and ten. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go nine and eight now. Okay. Yep. Reasonable, reasonable. Look, I, I was listening to the radio the other day before we move on. This guy made a whole bunch of parallels to 2003 when we went to the Super Bowl. He was saying that – look, listen, 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 listen. Listen, this is funny. He was saying that Tampa Bay just won the Super Bowl in 2002. <laughs> he said that the Saints had a black quarterback who wore the same number James is wearing. Wow. And he's saying the Panthers are going to the Super Bowl. Who has time to research all that, man? I it's, mean, that's all. This is true, though. Never came off the Super Bowl. But there's no way in hell we're going to the Super Bowl. No, but no, 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 no. Hey, man, okay. If Sam Darnold takes us to the Super Bowl, I, 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 will, I will buy a Sam Darnold jersey and I will get a number one tattooed right here. Yeah. <laughs> on my forearm. Yes. He doesn't even have to win. If he just takes us to the Super Bowl, then um, um if, you know, he can be another Jake. If if Sam Darnold takes us to the Super Bowl, I will get a Sam Darnold gold tooth. If that dude takes us to the Super Bowl, <laughs> man, but man, look, the Hornets this this past week uh, released a bunch of photos. Some of the Hornets players, uh, specifically Terry Rozier, he he had the he had the uh, the guys down in Miami playing ball and and and, and, and politicking in the streets. So, so how do you guys feel about that camaraderie and and and, and should we still trade Terry Rozier for? Uh, <laughs> have we have we ever seen this from the Hornets ever in the thirty years, thirty plus years? What have we ever seen where players like you know what guys? Let's just let's just go ball. Let's just do what we do, and you know, just just ball out together like. If you watch the videos, because they released some videos too, you could tell that there was like this level of competition that, you know, yeah, you remember, I'm not the Shaw Horns or not the 1992 Dream Team, but, you know, remember those practices between were legendary because right. they were so competitive. And that's one of the reasons why they were so good when they got into the Olympics. I'm wondering if, we, if it's kind of the same thing with the Horns. Like Kelly, <laughs> uh, Kelly Oubre. For instance, you know, he could start on this team, but he's right. got to earn that spot. You know, he and if you saw, you know, Miles Bridges, that's still LaMelo's dude. You know, about four or five alley-oops he was throwing. The, yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of good competition for positions um, there. And I, I, I loved what I saw, even if it doesn't mean anything in the wins column. Uh, 
I like the fact that Terry Rozier has embraced the role as, okay, I'm the vet now. Everybody else is gone. Cody Zeller gone. Every, you know, I'm the vet now. Um, and this might be LaMelo's team, but he's still a leader in the locker room. So I'm going to get these young guys together, and we just going to hoop. And that's what they did. Right, I, right, I love right. it. So, so um, <laughs> I, I, number one, man, I, I love what I saw, man. And, you know, people, you know, we're, we're not mentioning the fact that Terry got paid this offseason. He got his extension, man. And I can, I can okay, kind of. If you pay me, I'll be a leader, too. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it, and look, look, it's a, it's a lot easier to come to work with a smile on your face when you got money. You know what I mean? So <laughs> do whatever you guys want me to do. Let's go. But, but anywho, man, like. We've said this at nauseum. We've said this a million times, man. People, I don't want to say forget, but do you do you guys not think that these guys realized that at one point in the season they were a fourth seed? Do you think they really forgot that? They didn't forget that, man. Do you do you do you think do you not think that those players look at each other and say, you know what, man, if you would have stayed healthy, if you would have stayed healthy. We could have really done something in the playoffs. You think they forgot that? Whoa, whoa. No, J- JB was in Miami? Hold up. Because I was told in the Hornets group that coaches have nothing to do with players' offseason workouts. Nothing to do. That's what somebody in the Hornets group told me. You know, they, they, yeah, fake news. Fake news, right? Yeah, it can't, can't be true, man. <laughs> but okay. it, no, no, no. But, I mean, it's the same thing, man. The point I'm making is that those group of guys that we saw – that were the fourth seed at one point last season. Those guys are hungry, man, and they, and and this is I, this is so impressive that they're that they're uh, organizing these competitive, uh, you know, pickup games in Miami, man, where they're building this camaraderie. And it's even more important for the new guys that are coming in because there's some turnover with this team. We know that. We know there's James Book Knight and, and Ty Jones and Kelly Oubre and and you know the other young guys on this team, man. So it's even more important to do stuff like this to get those guys uh, acclimated to what to what they're trying to accomplish this season, man. It's a great sign. I can't wait, dude. We got three more weeks, I, so I, until the season starts, we can stop talking about trade rumors and fluff and all this other stuff, we can really get it on, man. So this is just extra impressive, man. Hey, man, look, I got one more thing, man. The team was missing one person, and you know who it is. Ben We're going to move on. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. It's not Ben Simmons. It's somebody's brother that wasn't there. Oh, Yellow, you know, I, I think he'll definitely, because he did sign a, an exhibit contract, if I read correctly. He's, I don't even know if that's official, uh, to be honest, man. Gonna, I think it's expected if he didn't do it. Though. He's going to play in Greensboro and play his way into the league. He's going to take the Seth Curry route. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, he may get called up by the Hornets. I, I, I will say that what they did in Miami to me shows that the Hornets feel like they are set as a team. There's not going to be any more trades, guys. No more rumors. Ben, ben Simmons is not being traded to the yeah. Hornets, guys. They like their camaraderie. I mean, they go to Miami. The coach goes down with them. They ball out. And you could tell, like, they had that LaMelo energy. You know, the team has matched LaMelo's energy. LaMelo, LaMelo loves playing basketball. He loves playing with these guys. I think they all love playing with him. I don't think that Mitch is going to mess with that chemistry at all, unless unless it's something that's obviously going to make the team better, like you know, trading for like you know Giannis or something like that. 
something out of the realm of real possibility. I don't think something like Ben Simmons, who does not move the needle as much as people want to think that he would, mainly because we'd have to give up so much to acquire him. You give up Miles Bridges and Gordon Hayward for Ben Simmons, you're still you're still a You're team. stuck in the same yeah, it's spot, right. you got Ben Simmons, who you're going to have to pay $30 million to. Uh, anyway, so I, I don't think Mitch messes with the chemistry. I think the Hornets are going to see what they got this year. But now, guys, speaking of the roster and changes and all the stuff, this is one quick thing that, that I brought up that I really wanted to talk about. Somebody's got to be the odd man out. There's 16 guys signed, but there's only 15 roster spots, man. Just kind of want to get you guys' thoughts on who's the odd man out, in your opinion. Nick Richards, book it. You said book it. Wow, that's strong. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to say – Either Carrie or Richards, one of those two. Um, Carrie showed, showed a little bit of flash last season. So that might be what keeps him around. But Richards, I think his style of play fits more with what the Hornets want to do. Um, but one of those guys, because you're not just going to let Kai Jones just sit around. You know, that, that's not going to happen. Um, Mason Plumley is locked in as a veteran presence. Man, JT Thor looked kind of good. Uh, every time I see him, when I saw him in the summer league and in the workout videos, I think one of those guys. Um, I'm kind of leaning toward Wes Awandu just because he's redundant as far as what we have. Um, he, he's a better defender than Martin, and I I, I don't think that I, I don't think they cut. <laughs> but it, but he may be a worse shooter, <laughs> and that's saying something. <laughs> so remains to be seen, man. We, I, we, we got three weeks to, to see, man. So we'll... look, I, I look. I hope they cut. Well, I'm not gonna say that. I'm. I'm look. Retract that. Let's move on. I'm not gonna say. I hope they cut anybody. Let's let's move on. So <laughs> so Jamal uh, do a, do a hissy fit this this week uh, when he posted for, for multiple reasons. Uh, for well, we're not gonna talk about the other one yesterday, but. Uh, about this gentrification that, that is coming to Prosa Midwood. Jamal, what upsets you so much about it? The, what upsets me the most about this is the fear of what they may take away. Look, I, I, I'm not really, you know, I never get angry at what may be added when you talk about gentrification and development. I'm never afraid of what's added. You know, adding something is never really a bad thing. But it, what? But it's the, the fear is what may be taken away. You look at that specific graphic, which is slated to, you know, put that big, shiny new toy in the middle of that vacant lot, and you know, and on Central Avenue. You say to yourself, "Oh man, it's just a vacant lot, man. What are you scared of?" There's, it, you know, you, you're, you're adding something to a lot that nobody uses. All right, cool. That sounds great. But what's going to happen when those property taxes go up? And in a place like Elizabeth Billiards, which is a staple. In that community, which I've been to a thousand times, you know, I have a couple of friends who DJ there, who DJs there a lot. You can always go just chill, get a drink, shoot pool, watch a game, whatever. Nothing fancy, nothing spectacular. But those kind of things that people go to Plaza Midwood for, those kind of things are threatened to be taken away. So that's kind of why I was throwing such a hissy fit about that, man. I'm, the, the fear of how is this going to change the entire vibe of Plaza Midwood, the, the, the vibe that people go for already? What about you, Kaiser? Are you upset about it or indifferent? Uh, this is the price of progress. I, I would rather 
a place like Plaza, like Plaza Midwood, I would rather them um, grow organically by having people move in and, and bring culture into or either that or uh, expand the culture of Plaza Midwood, you know, known for, um, you know, its arts and you know, being eclectic. I, I think that, I like Jamal said, you're kind of afraid that's going to go away. What's going to happen now is it becomes a corporate hub. Unfortunately, this is kind of what people want. Not, not native Charlatans, but people who are looking to move to a city like Charlotte. This is where they want to go, um, actually. Because when people come from other cities, especially people that come from bigger cities, and we do have a lot of transplants from places like Philly, um, Boston, New York, they always say, ah, it's nothing to do. It's nothing to do. And you say, well, hey, you can go down to Plaza Midwood. You can go on down to Thomas Street. Ah, that, that's, that's not enough for those people. And developers know that. So what they say, okay, we build this uh, big, shiny corporate toy, and then those people will flock to, and, and they're, abso they're absolutely right. If you look at the gentrification that has happened on South End, the people that live there, nobody from Charlotte lives there. Nobody from Charlotte. The only person I know from Charlotte who, my, my sister had a condo there a few years ago. Um, and and that's that's unfortunate, but, you know, that's, that's what happened. But actually, my biggest beef is the damn picture. Put it back up, Rodney. Uh, the picture, that's not Plaza Midwood. That's not Plaza <laughs> <laughs> that looks like Burkdale. That's not yeah, Plaza Midwood anymore. Downtown is not freaking twelve miles away from Plaza Midwood. Look at that! Like, the style, what are you, yeah, hey, that's man, look, 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 look. So you don't want to be out on the deck like at six o'clock in the afternoon in the summertime having a mimosa. Talking about your corporate job. Look, there's already, there's already places to do that in Plaza. That, that was my no, point. I was... We need new innovative spaces. We need to be a Boston, a Philadelphia. I don't know. It's, it's like, uh, you know, they've already taken down the, the penguin sign. Yeah, they're, Look, they're in the museum. I, I, I would rather go to Thomas Street Tavern and get drunk for $12. That's what I would rather do. And I'm well, sure they're. See, 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 see this, this is my thing. Things get pushed out more. Yeah, and, and it's time for new things to be created at different places. So you have but, new cool hip areas everywhere. Yeah, but here's the thing, man. But we we all know that when these these cool new hip things, so to speak, are always cookie cutter, vanilla, plain things that everybody's gonna flock to because they have to those places. I mean, the Epic Center is gonna stand there. Thank you, thank forever. you. Pretty fair. We've seen in bigger. How many times has Atlanta changed their arts and entertainment district? Right. Thank you. Like it, because because you, can't, you can't. You can't build. You, you can't build fifteen of the same things and expect them all to thrive long term. You have to have some variety. If, if you want things to stay the same, move to Branson, Missouri. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> things have to change in life. Things do have to change. You know, you, you're right. That's why I'm not like too too upset about it. Um, because it, it mainly um, this this doesn't do what a lot of gentrification product projects do. The because I mean, if you look value, at it already, that that area has already kind of been gentrified. In the beginning. Right. Yeah. The value of the land in Plaza Midwood isn't like dirt low, like it is on Baby's Ford. Look, look, that but, that that that's fine. That, that that you you two are correct. Elizabeth Billies is still there. Petrus is still there. Snug Harbor is still there. Thomas Street Tavern is all still there. 
again, at, at, with, with, with projects like these, they're going to threaten those type of things to go away. I do not want South End 2.0. We have one South End. That is all we need. Thank you. South End is cool to me. I like cookies and I like cutting cookies. Okay. I think the next hot spot will be Freedom Drive, Takasiji area. Yes, sir. Um, I believe it. They've already started from Pinkies on, like, to the cookout. But, Kaza, you know, I don't mean to cut you off, man, but, uh, but, but something like that, there was nothing over there to begin with. So that's cool. I don't mind that. But okay. don't go... <laughs> whatever. <laughs> get, rid of yeah, get rid of all that. I don't care. <laughs> well, well, I, got a, I got a solution. Create Jamal's house tavern at your house. Uh, that's too late. Uh, that's already been created, so no, it's no, no, too no, late. No, no, no. Charge a cover fee. You buy your neighbor's house. Bulldoze it for parking, and you're in business. I mean, it's Jamal's tavern, fun. buddy. There's no real solution for places like Charlotte because, see, if if Plaza Midwood was still like, you know, like don't go to Plaza Wood Midwood at night. No, no, if, you mean North Charlotte? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. used to be because we all <laughs> went through this same thing. Um, you know, if it was still like that, then we would really be upset because you know they allow crime to come in, drive the value down, buy everything up push all the, that element out and then build it up to where people, an area that people can't afford to live in. Uh, conversely, a situation like this where the value of the land is already high, there are already people moving into that area and, the, and now the corporations just want to get in on that. Um, I, I don't know if there, there's a solution for places like Charlotte. They're, we just kind of got to roll. Yeah, guess, what, guess what? Charlotte is a place that people want to be at. It's going to continue to grow at this point. And I would honestly be more concerned if nothing wanted to relocate here because that's a scary time. My that's question is, where the hell are all these people going to park? If they raise the parking lot, it's already <laughs> hard enough to park if you go to Plaza Midwood. Uber. Uber and the little train that comes See, down. See, see, see. We're see, we going in the wrong direction already. Corporations get together and they're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. How can we make rich people more rich? Okay. Yeah, I take the train. I take the, the streetcar. Have you guys ridden the streetcar? No, not, not yet. Car? No, not yet. Yeah. It looks useless to me, but it's another like, story for another day. It looks like an actual streetcar. Right. Street, look, college is going to ride it. Jamal, you've been out of college for 25 years. Okay? <laughs> not quite. Shut up. <laughs> All right, guys. Quick I, I got... I got one more thing to say. Hey, Charlotte, do what you want to do, but if you take away Snug Harbor and Petra's, I, I you will feel my wrath. I'm coming down there, and I, I I'm setting up a, a a protest if y'all take my my spots away. Go ahead, Rodney. Well, go ahead and make the picket signs. Um, so uh, quick shout outs. Um, I just want to quickly say that uh, Charlotte, as a community, we need to do better. Uh, have some more. Uh, be more cognizant of where your kids are. Uh, R.I.P. to the little boy. Yeah, you're being nice Figueroa, about it. Isaiah Figueroa. Um, and everybody involved in that incident, I hope you're caught. They, they've already caught two guys. They and caught two guys. You catch everybody else yep. and throw them under the jail. Pretty much. Kaiser, what you got? Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to Maya Shaka. Yeah, first the first black female referee in the NFL. Uh, she refereed the game today against the Panthers Jets. Um, she was still atrocious like the rest of the NFL reps. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to 
giving her a pass on that. That was the obvious uh, catch interference. And it was just like, no, there was no flag. No, no, that was the flag, sweetie. But anyway, uh, but good job, though, and like they were saying in the broadcast, uh, diversity, even if you think it's forced, is good in everything, in everything. And if you can get more women um, – you know, involved in sports and somehow, yes, I don't, I don't know if during my lifetime I'll ever see a woman actually play in the NFL in any position besides kicker or punter, but uh, but you can still get women involved to get uh, that amount of uh, diversity. There's no one reason a woman cannot be a referee in the NFL. She can be bad just like every all, all the men in the NFL. The ref today, we didn't really talk about that. I just kind of felt like they, you know. It's the beginning of the season. The rest got to adjust as well. But shout out, shout out to her. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll see some more of that. Quickly, Jamal. Quickly. All right, quickly. Uh, shout out to all the fans in the chat this season, man. Uh, in the chat today, um, I, we are glad to kick off NFL season with y'all, man. It is always a fun time, man. Um, I, I'm going to keep under wraps what we will have going on, but. I'm just going to say I'm excited about some things that we have coming up involving the fans of Under Construction. Please continue to like, share, and subscribe. I cannot, uh, I cannot explain how, how important that is to the show and you helping us uh, grow this. To my shout at, I do have a shout at. <clears throat> Ever since 1991, I have watched Casey Weldon. I have watched Drew Rutherford. I have watched Chris Ricks. I have watched Charlie Ward. I have watched Jameis Winston. I have watched uh, uh, EJ Manuel. I have been a Florida State fan since I was 10 years old. Yesterday was the most pathetic thing I have ever seen in my entire life involving a college football game. And I am not exaggerating. That was literally the worst loss I have ever seen any of my teams that I root for. As of yesterday, September 11th, I am denouncing my Florida State fandom. I am done. I cannot take it anymore. I cannot take the incompetence. I cannot take the overall incompetence of this program. I can't take the dumb plays. I can't take bad coaching. I cannot take it anymore. I, I, go Heels. I, I can't do the Florida State Seminoles anymore. I cannot do it. I'm done. Done, done, done. Okay, well, guys, thank you so much for watching. Uh, Zarek, Zarek Cooper just threw another uh, touchdown pass. Uh, last second, Hail Mary. You guys have a wonderful day and appreciate you guys watching the construction. Keep pounding, y'all. <laughs>